Welcome once again to another Coffee and Heroes podcast, uh, time now for our latest book club. So the book club segments have been going pretty well so far, nice and varied with everything we chose. We've had Marvel stuff, we've had DC stuff, we've had indie stuff. Uh, this is going to be our seventh book club. Uh, this one is not a choice of myself, but I more than agree with the choice. Uh, I should say, joined as ever by Keith. And Roddy here. And it is Keith's turn for a pick. Um... Yeah, as I say, I'm very. I was very excited to jump into this again. I know this was something you hadn't quite got to just yet. I know it was a, a recommendation of the great man beside me. <laughs> An indie book very you haven't read it. Yeah. I tell you. Um, so I will, of course, leave it to Keith to introduce what uh, Book Club Seven is. Well, thank you very much, Alan. They say that old soldiers never die, and some of them don't even fade away. Cursed with immortality, and. Drama Key of Scythia and her comrades in arms ply their trade for those who can find and afford their services. But in the 21st century, being immortal is a difficult secret to keep. And when you live long enough, you learn there are many fates worse than death. One woman and three men who cannot die. This is Ilgard. This is the Old Guard. This is a uh, wonderful series. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, yep. It's a it's a, a five issue limited series from Image. It was published uh, February two thousand seventeen. Uh, it's been collected as the Old Guard Volume One, Opening Fire, mm-hmm. uh, with a long anticipated sequel, The Old Guard Force Multiplied, which is a five issue limited series beginning on the eighteenth of December. So uh, one month. Yeah. Uh, cool. From now. Something we uh, picked up upon in previews. Yeah. If you remember that. Pre-orders are still there. So anyone who listens to this and likes the sound of it, first of all, jump into the old card. But yeah, sequel on the way in about four weeks or so. So. And we've got an upcoming movie uh, starring mm. Shirley Theron, due for release on May twenty twenty. Um, so just to just to give a brief overview of, of what the book's about before we, we jump in. Um, <clears throat> the structure runs across the five issues. It's set in the modern day where four members of uh, four immortal members of this covert action team become embroiled embroiled in a situation that sort of spirals very steadily out of control. So despite their, their many, many centuries of experience, we're joining these guys at a particularly uh, pivotal moment in their very long lives. Um, so this, this this situation threatens these immortal soldiers like they've never been threatened before. Um, early in this journey, they find and recruit a new immortal in the form of uh, U.S. Marine, Niall, to their side. And through her learning of her true nature and Andy's narration of stories from her, sometimes... I got the impression that sometimes being so old, her Andy's memory was a little unreliable. Mm-hmm. Um, her memories of the past... We discover more about each character, what it is to be an immortal warrior, and through the youngest immortal, the oldest rediscovers what it is to be human. Mm-hmm. Uh, really fantastic book. Um, I'm really glad to be able to do it for the book club. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Um, I remember the I remember the previous book. Well, like was it a couple of months ago now? Yeah, um, I think it was the October book. We um, I remember you showed it, you showed it to us and we was like, oh, I can't wait for this. And I was like. Do, do I like that art? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'm not too sure, but not even, I don't know if it was the art, it was the, um, I thought the colours, I was like, hmm, don't know about this, but um, the I... pastel shades? Yeah, yeah, I was like, I absolutely adored this book when you, because I, I had never heard of it, and um, when you mentioned it in uh, previews, and then sort of throughout the store, it sort of got um, loaned to me, 
um, all five issues, and uh, I just fell in love with it. Read it all in one sitting too. So really, really wonderful book. The last time I was uh, I was lucky enough to look after the store, I managed to sell off I think uh, two two <laughs> copies of the uh, of the trade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, it's coming back in the stock uh, very soon. Um, yeah, I mean my my experience with Old Guard was I I picked it up as it came out. Um, you know I. I went through a little period of my collecting where if there was a brand new in the number one, I bought it no matter what. Um, and then if I enjoyed the number one, I was you know sticking with it. Coming to this, um, I suppose we should say uh, Greg Rucker uh, yeah. mm-hmm. on writing duties, uh, Leandro Fernandez on art. <clears throat> it's interesting that you mentioned the art that wasn't you weren't sure if you were going to like it or not. Maybe it was a page or two out of context for the new one. Yeah, it's. You don't think of that when you're looking at a previous book, actually. Um, that you are looking at something that is yeah. out of context. But, See, um, for me, A, the the writer appealed to me, Greg Ruck. I'm a big fan of Gotham uh-huh. Central. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Talked about it loads of times. Um, so I'm a big fan of Greg Rucka's writing. Mm-hmm. But the art I really love because it really reminds me of an artist um, who worked on 100 Bullets called Eduardo Risso. Oh, uh, yeah. Very similar style. Um, it's sort of... It's kind of a noir style. Lots of characters encased in shadow, but certain um, features will shine through that kind of thing so as soon as I read issue one when it came out I knew I was in this for the oh, in for the long haul mm-hmm. and having given it a reread um, obviously in preparation for this I had, I'd actually forgotten how good it was yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. the same actually yeah. Yeah. yeah you know it's interesting you know, we, we as collectors we obviously have loads of back issues and because of the sheer nature of the business we very rarely revisit them you know it's unless we have a trade or um, but this was an interesting experience because this was, you know, getting the end of the five issues and reading them in single issue form again. Kind of ironic, me learning them to you, considering I bought them from the shop in the first place. This is very true. <laughs> uh, and I had to rebag and board them because my bagging and boarding in the first place was terrible. Just shoes he's grown as a... <laughs> Attention to detail. Um, but yeah, my, my overriding thought reading this was I genuinely forgot how good it was. Mm. I uh, well, it's funny because there is a wee bit about an unreliable memory in the story. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's interesting you say that. <laughs> so I mean, for me, uh, I'm a huge fan of Greg Rucka. Uh, his writing, in particular, I consider him to be probably the best world builder in comics, uh, and that comes from his time on Lazarus, which is uh, I've spoken about before. I think I'd like to do as a book club as well. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, he. I mean, he's he's been on Lazarus for 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 quite some time. It's his creator-owned book, um, and he's you know it's it's just it's a fantastic fantastic book. Also, his time on Daredevil uh, was a was a big uh, was a big influence on on why I like him. For me, the real draw was the subject matter, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've made any secret of the fact that I'm a wee bit obsessed with uh, immortality mm-hmm. and all things immor- immortal. I don't know what that says about me as a person. Uh, <laughs> especially Highlander. I uh, know, I understand. You know, yeah. The movies and uh, the TV series. Uh, and I know there's a there's a, a viewing of uh, Highlander 30 yeah, years on. 30th of November, is it? Yeah, uh, in the cinema. <clears throat> I've never seen it in the cinema. I'm sorry to be missing it. I'm going to be going on holiday the day before. Uh, Someone else goes on holiday on the 30th as well, don't they? (laughs) You know, don't get used to hearing all these voices on the podcast for a few weeks' time. We need a break, you know. Absolutely fed up looking at you. I'll just leave the room. (laughs) But anyway, so, I mean, Highlander's one of my favourite movies and series, and I, I love the mythos surrounding that, you know, the... There's a there's a tragedy, a bittersweet tragedy about immortality, the idea of living forever, yep. uh, which is just in, uh, you know it's embodied in, in 
and uh, Connor, uh, you know, in the Scottish Highlands, you know, uh, whenever his his wife Heather is dying of old age, you know, and so that I lo- absolutely love that. Uh, you know, the idea of legacy and and the long view of life. I mean, does does having a mortal lifespan a limited lifespan is that what brings meaning to your lives you know the fact that you know eventually it's going to end and therefore you've got to do something with it you know it's something uh andy wrestles with yes absolutely you know and you know is is that limited lifespan and the knowledge of our own mortality therefore you know the foundation of humanity um so that though those those subject matters Mm -hmm. are what really really grabbed me you know so yeah i absolutely love this book uh I, i got it as a pack yeah. Uh, I'd been meaning to grab it. I'd got it as a pack whenever uh, I think it must have been fairly early on in, yeah. in 2017, so fairly shortly after it came out. Yeah. Um, and yes, you're exactly right. I, I loved it the first time round, but reading it the second time round, there was and, and doing a little bit of research and deep diving into it, you know, yeah. and, and, and and trying to figure out exactly what it meant, you know, really has really made that's it's jumped it up my list of books that I really really love <laughs> and and I'm really excited for for Force Multiplied coming out in December you know so yeah cool. that is uh, yeah that, that, that's, that's what I'd be with it yeah well that's sort of uh, let, let's t- dig into the meat and bones of the books anyway um, I mean you you'd mentioned obviously your love for Greg Rucka I mean he did a great run in Batman No Man's Land as well um, but I really do want to shout out to the artist on this because the art is is fantastic in this um, a little shout out as well for the colourist who I believe is called uh, Daniela Miwa uh, because the colours in this from page to page are just absolutely brilliant um, you know it's just you, know, you only have to look a couple of pages in you're in Barcelona and you have half the, the panels in sunlight the other half's mm. in shadow and that, this is one of the, the most awesome parts I think of this book is there's so many different locations and time yeah. periods drawn yeah. Yeah. Uh, that I mean the, the artist <coughs> and the colorist you know Leandro Fernandez and, and uh, Dan, Daniela Miwell must have had a great time <laughs> you know yeah. just going oh alright I'm in, I'm in oh, I'm Venice now okay right I'm in Paris now right okay yeah. oh I'm in Greece Four thousand years ago, <laughs> you know. So, so yeah. I mean, you're you're exactly right. I mean, I think what's interesting as well. I mean, Greg Rock has been around for for a fair long time. He, he popped popped onto the scene, I think, in the late nineties. Nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a novelist. Um, he's worked for independent companies. He's worked for Marvel. He's worked for DC. Um, he's clearly got a thing for badass warrior woman. He'd had a run on Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Lazarus uh, herself. Yeah, Lazarus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For and uh, mo- most recently, Lois Lane. That's so, right. Yeah. yeah, well, well, that's not a connection I made. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, so, and what's also interesting is Greg Rocca was a fight coordinator for, for uh, TV and, and movies and he for uh, I saw an interview with him. Yeah, I don't know what his background is. You know, as a martial mm-hmm. artist myself, I was interested in finding out what his background in, in fighting was. You know, but he seems to be interested in old weaponry, ancient weaponry. And in fact, he says that whenever, certainly for Lazarus, whenever he and uh, whenever he's putting together the fight scenes in Lazarus, of which there are many, a uh, lot sword based, that he and one of his partners goes out and they film. The fight scenes, and then they send the the, mo- the film onto Michael Lark, seems the, the, the artist. So there's a lot of fight scenes in this. I wonder, you know, and they're very well choreographed. <laughs> it well put makes together. a lot of yeah. sense if you if you think about that book and all the fight scenes in it. That 
maybe not the falling out of the window maybe yeah. he hasn't uh, done that mm. um, but yeah that makes a lot Doesn't of sense to me it. and then the other thing is he was he, re- he wrote uh, obviously 52 you remember the year long series uh, DC series uh, yeah. that led into <coughs> Infinity Crisis Infinite, Infinite Crisis Crisis yeah. Crisis and Infinite Something. <laughs> okay. Uh, he uh, he wrote a lot of the fifty two, but the sections he wrote <clears throat> particularly were around Rennie Montoya whenever yeah. she took over the role of the question, which were my favourite parts of that entire fifty two issue year long series. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, are you familiar with uh, Leandro Fernandez? Yes. Yes. Seen uh, him before from Queen and Country. That's one I've read, um, but I never I've never really seen his um, sort of Marvely stuff or anything else. Mm. But yeah, Queen and Country is a fantastic series. Yeah, and I mean, I was familiar with X Factor certainly, mm-hmm. uh, and some of the Wildstorm stuff that that they did. But uh, but other than that, really interesting art, really yeah. interesting art style. It's you know, inter- really interesting line work and composition. But I think combined with the those, the pastel colors, very very bold. Yeah. Um. You know, and the <clears throat> there's parts of it that are especially. I mean, because this is a, a, a a militarily trained team and there's parts of it that I think the art's really functional you know because you're interested like like the military it's all about yeah. function over form you know so uh, so yeah really really interesting um, and I know what you were saying about the about the colour and you know the pastel shades because you know it's it's kind of a high like a high high action high octane book yeah, yeah, and so whenever you see these soft pastel shades and the colours, you're like, it seems. I think it like, almost um, it adds a lot to it. It does, it's yeah. Because old guard seem to me anyway. It certainly had a lot of like really, really different influences. And yep. when you think immortality, you don't immediately go, okay, this sun drenched pastel yeah. shaded book. You yeah. know, there's a lot of stuff mm-hmm. going on. It reminded me actually of the losers, which you yeah. read recently. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of, it's like it's got this noir tone as well, but it's also got this like James Bond thing, and that's and then it's like you're, you're hopping through time and like to different locations too. So it's like a testament to their mm. work. It's absolutely fantastic. I think there maybe is there like a contrast between this, um, the ongoing struggle with immortality and the like the bold colors, and there's a, probably a lot of. Um, like what's what's the right word there's a word i'm looking for but it's it's a lot of like contrast between them mm. maybe. yeah 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 um yeah it was just it looks great and it's written well yeah um so i mean i guess uh there's there's sort of five core characters mm-hmm. uh there was uh what's the pronunciation again already Andromache. Andromache. So, otherwise known yeah. as Andy. Uh, so, she is the de facto team leader by virtue of the fact she's so old and such an expert. Yeah. Uh, the oldest of the group. Uh, her origins are in ancient Greece. She's, she's seemingly really fed up, tired of life, and in a way that, you know, sometimes you get tired of the week. <laughs> you, know, you have a you have a tiring month, but uh, yeah, she's she's been at it a long time, and she's 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 tired of life seemingly. Um, she anesthetizes herself through wild nights and random hookups, and from some of the from some of the dialogue, you get the impression she's been doing that for a long time. Yeah. Um, this is the character we believe Shirley Theron will be playing. That's correct. Yeah. Um, you know, she she seems to be waiting around for the next mission. 
uh, you know, her her raison d'etre is to keep the true nature of her and her team secret. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in a world that she feels is getting increasingly small, uh, which she refers to a couple of times, and she she sort of narrates the book through her monologue. Um, so she's our to some extent her point of view character uh, Joe or Yusuf um, is a Moor from the First Crusade end of the 11th century he's over a thousand years old and he counterpoints Andy in a lot of ways uh, not least because he finds the meaning of his life in his millennia long relationship with Nicky mm-hmm. who uh, Nicky, Nicky Nic- Niccolo di Genoa was an Italian knight from the First Crusade again late in the 11th century Nicky and Joe are lovers he and Joe, whenever he was still Yusuf, first met and discovered their own and one another's That's immortal nature. Um, <laughs> whenever they whenever they met during the crusade on opposite sides, and they kept killing each other and then waking up again, and sort of resulted in them understanding the pointless of trying to kill each other. Yeah. You know, so really fantastic characters. Um, it wouldn't be a great work book without some satire. Mm, yeah, there's yeah. that was lovely though. Or, yeah. Lovely, their relationship was fantastic. It's yeah. really well written. Um, Booker. Uh, who was a Sebastian Le Livre, hence the name Book uh, Le Livre being French for Book. Um, he's just he's a young one. He's just over two hundred years old. He's a Napoleonic era uh, criminal, like a counterfeiter uh, turned soldier. He was hung for desertion. He's the as I say, he's the youngest member of the team, and he's got a grasp of modern technology that the other members of the team don't possess. I mean, relative relative yeah. to being a thousand years old and, and, and older, you know, I guess there's more. He's more in tune with the modern day, you know. Yeah. And then finally we have Niall Freeman, who's a 27-year-old US Marine, African-American descent, who becomes the... She sort of becomes us. She becomes the mouthpiece of the reader. She's asking the questions that we want to know the answers to. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and she's been introduced to the team as we are. Uh, so, I mean, and I think in that way, though Andy's the point-of-view character and does the narration, mm-hmm. unreliable though that may be at times... <laughs> Uh, Niall is the, is the, the every audience. man, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, so that's the that's the characters. A uh, general overview and our initial initial thoughts on the book. Cool. Um, Should we deep dive? You want to go? Are we ready? Want to go through deep the dive? issues? You want to you want to get in here? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Any other thoughts on the characters or the? I I like yourself. Um, I love the idea. It like reminded me of uh, like the romantic era of you know like. Dracula, mm-hmm. that sort of, there's a word for it, uh, like a German word called world smack, it's called. Um, it's like a, <laughs> a world weariness, and it's sort of like they use it in work. Is it like Byron? Like, we're, we're, getting, uh, high, we're, of, get, we're getting highbrow here. That's sort of Mary the Shelley. Mar- yeah, the Marquise yeah. de Sade and all that, all those sort of writings, they are like, it's this like world weariness, but that's infused with like the immortal characters. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. in some ways, Highlander has it as well. Mm-hmm. But um, that sort of stems from that. And I, I love stuff like that. I was reminded of like Dracula and like the constant struggle of the weariness of yeah. living and repeating. <clears throat> and what do you do to keep reminding yourself you're alive? Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, really interesting. It's quite, because um, I thought it was quite. Andy obviously doesn't have a romantic view of it, but in some ways maybe she finds that again. But mm. it's certainly um, Yusuf and Nikki do. Definitely, so, yeah, yeah. Um, who was your favorite character of the five? 
I like Gandhi. Yeah, yeah. there is there is a lot. I think it's like Gandhi's. Gandhi's like the most interesting. Yeah, it's the one you get to know the most. Yeah, most, yeah. yeah. Um, well, you you kind of do and you kind of don't because she's very closed as well. Yeah, she's quite yeah. a closed mm-hmm. character. The reason I like Gandhi is because she's the one with the most interesting ideas. You know, I there's so much subtext to this book and stuff that you could explore so much. Yeah, yeah. You know, even things like. You know, she says they keep Booker around to a degree because, you know, he understands the modern world and can show her how to work a film. It sort of shows how, like, when you're younger, you're like a sponge for knowledge. You yeah, absorb things. Yeah, yeah. But as you get older, you just can't be bothered. I mean, she's been around for, I think, <laughs> I think she says it later in the book, she's over 6,000 years old. Yeah. yeah. She's had the same access to all these learning facilities and seeing how the world changes. Yeah. But she just can't be bothered. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you know, she doesn't want to work an iPhone. Yeah. You know, because there's, really there's a part where she tries yeah. to, to use an iPhone <laughs> yeah. and they're like, oh no, you press that button. And she went, I prefer it when there was a button at the bottom I could use yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. So she acknowledges, yes. And, but then there's a, there's a relativism to that as well because you have Andy, who's the oldest. Then you have Booker, who's still 200 years old, but finds he's, you know, because the, the technology now is closer to the technology he had, yeah. you know, growing up or. or he has an easier time adapting but then again then you have Niall who is 27 years old yeah. immortal but 27 years old and you know she has she's lived and with, breathed and was born into the modern world you know so yeah. well what's interesting is I mean we, we keep referring to them as immortals they're not technically immortals because yeah. they don't they, there's there's this almost ticking clock over it um there's almost this ticking clock over the whole book because they do say a few times we're not moral and that's, we just don't yeah. know when our time ends yeah and that, that's a really interesting point we'll come to probably a wee bit later on yeah um, but yeah I, I, I agree I liked uh, I, I, I would have trouble picking which character I, I like the most but I think Andy's there probably because we see the most of her but I say I really love that relationship between uh, between Joe and Nikki and well, there's there's a a specific part in the book that's wonderfully wonderfully written, which we'll get to yeah. later, involving uh, in the back of a van, oh, Joe and Nikki, which is <laughs> so is not as seedy as it sounds. No, definitely not, definitely not. So, I mean, the the, the story starts when we're introduced to Andy, and as I say, she is the lead character in the narrator, um, and I mean, she appears to be a woman in her in her physical prime. Um, you know, she hints at her actual age as a and her role as a warrior and soldier down the ages in some of those initial panels where you see her fighting in different costumes and different uniforms yeah. down, or or totally naked in some cases um, down the ages and those those images are interspersed with with Andy, you know, uh, sort of drowning her. What was that word you used? That German word? The world's the world's yeah. smack yeah you know yeah. I hope I pronounced that right yeah. and, and physical pleasure you know with different partners that um, scene is awesome because it it's all yeah. like it's all you need to know like uh-huh. you've it's just it's perfect storytelling yeah yeah that's efficiency of storytelling yeah and that and that uh, you know there's it's obviously set in the modern day but the last hookup you see uh, the, the guy she's with sort of says oh I'm, I'm really sorry we started this the wrong way and she goes don't even bother telling you my name you would tell that tell she goes it saves me the trouble forgetting it <laughs> you know you're just like wow uh, it'll save me the trouble of having to forget it you know so she's frequently spinning into these unions that are with random and varied individuals throughout the years not even learning their names you know and the the, the idea that she is killing time was fantastic you know the that just we were talking about that pathos of eternal life and the inability to die you know just trying to trying to find a way to feel or you know um, but we quickly meet Joe, Nikki, and Booker, the other four members of the team, uh, and her de facto family. And we, you sort of, they, they, they meet because 
I, you don't get the. I sort of get the impression that they hang out a lot, but you know, is this the first time they've met in a year? Is it the first time they've met in six months? You know, whenever they meet, they they, they it meet. seems like they only sort of meet when there's a gig. A gig, and yeah. They probably don't yeah. need a gig all that often, do they? To get by? Yeah, I would say you're you're maybe right, but yeah, I didn't. Yeah. You don't really get a sense, but you, that's clearly the sense you got. I just wasn't sure, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, they meet in Barcelona, um, and you can see how familiar they are with one another, you know, which is mm-hmm. great. And the team accept uh, an engagement by a former company man, a former former CA man named Copley, who they have worked with eight years previously. You know, and the reason they're hesitant, or Andy's certainly hesitant, is because it was eight years ago was the last time they saw him, and they, of course, have a nice today. Yeah. You know, they don't want to give away, you know. So the idea is they're going to undertake a rescue mission um, to South Sudan, where a group of young birds, girls have been taken hostage by insurgents. Um, and it's that, I think, that sort of tips Andy, the fact that it's young girls. Yeah. You know, that, that you know, so she, you know, she relents. Uh, we learn that Andy's team are the best of the best, you know. Copley more or less asks them to name the price, but it quickly becomes clear that it's too good to be true. It's a setup. Um, the team's actions are, you know, their combat actions whenever they go into this uh, situation are captured in video. They're beamed off site, imagery of them taking mortal wounds and recovering inst- instantaneously. So they quickly realise that, that it's a setup, that they've been made, that there are no young girls having been kidnapped, you know. Um, and that's the first, you know, that's the first. I guess that's the premise of the thing is how difficult it is for the team to hide their immortal nature that yeah. you know with technology with the the speed of life um, with the connectivity of the world that's when we first you know understand that Andy feels the world has become smaller and I faster it, it was really interesting that that first issue is just so full of stuff uh-huh. but it is so brief not <coughs> easy is probably the wrong word but you it's there's an, so, an efficiency of storytelling. Ah, the, yeah, the uh, greatest of sentences uh, from Alan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you you know everything you need to know, and there's like a hook at the end, and you're like, oh, oh my god, like what? Yeah, they're, they're like the setup for the, their frailty is just set up so well. Their, yeah, vulnerability. Yeah. yeah, and it's you know it's it's just what you know they go they see the, the video camera and Andy's like Booker deal with that, and he's like. I can't. There's a yeah. that's been beamed yeah. off site. We can't. She's like, what? What does that mean? You know what I mean? So that's you know. I think maybe uh, it's because you're introduced to Andy. So Andy feels, although she is like maybe presents a cold and sort of callous, like one night stand sort of nature. You feel there is a there's an empathy to her, and there's certainly a uh, a vulnerability that you yeah. that she certainly does not show to other people, but you maybe get a sense of, and maybe that's why it feels so easy that you feel oh they have been had we're just jumping into this story you know we've seen Andy yeah, yeah. through a couple of panels just yeah, okay that's yeah. what they do that's fine um, and we're ready to jump in to see this main part of the story you know yeah and as you say just straight in you know and that, that fight scene uh, you know the, the ambush or the setup is just it's brutal yeah like, it's brutal you know um, the the the, the the operatives get an initial go like effectively and they blow parts off them and then Andy more or less goes alright our turn and they <laughs> butcher them you know there's a there's a viciousness and a brutality about the fighting that you don't get in modern warfare but these people aren't used to modern warfare they're used to to close up hand to hand combat <coughs> that yeah, doesn't involve projectile weapons to some yeah. extent you know and you know I've, I've 
I often wonder is if war was fought like that now, would there still be a lot of wars? <laughs> you know, well, that, that yeah, so yeah, much when it's fought from a distance yeah, and with technology. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's all, an interesting yeah. point. Yeah. Um, and there's one point that Randy's rifle jams and she just pulls an axe off her back. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> yeah, that's probably one of the best pages of art. You know, full circular motion, three people killed, heads flying. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's um. But you can also see she's enjoying herself as yeah, well. Yeah, and that's that's what you know, she's always just waiting for the next gig, you know. So um last few pages we're introduced to we're 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 taken to Afghanistan, we're introduced to Niall Freeman, US soldier. She's on the ground, um, you know, looking for seeking out insurgents. She's she's not she's more of a talker than a, a fighter, really. Well, she certainly is more interested in engaging talking first than, you know, yeah. shooting, but she has her throat slit following a raid on a house that was involuntarily hiding a terrorist and after apparently dying in her comrade's arms she wakes up in a military hospital feeling great completely healed um i'd love to know a wee bit more about how that went down mm-hmm. you know did the doctor that was she brought in on and put in a slab and then <laughs> recovered you know what questions were asked certainly her friends are a wee bit like what the hell's going on here you know but oh we're lucky sure she's alive you know there was obviously you're mistaken obviously she didn't die <clears throat> yeah they sort of break it down with one line of dialogue of you know the doctor speaking to her friend she said what you think you saw and what you saw are not the same thing doesn't take a big cut to get a lot of blood dizzy mm. so and then they sort of <clears throat> they focus more on the optimistic side of things where they say look let it go just just be glad we're not sending her home in a body bag yeah so they sort of dismiss it quickly they explore that idea a bit more in issue two from what i remember yeah um issue two cuts straight in um to our immortals and his team and they're they're now in hiding they're now in a safe house knowing that they've been made knowing and trying to figure out what their next move is um but greg rocker does a a fantastic piece of writing here he introduces the mechanism by which mortals can locate immortals can locate one another um they do through do so through um unceasing dreams so whenever i guess another immortal I mean, I'm trying not to, to make the parallels between Highlander to Blum here, <laughs> yeah. but whenever whenever they whenever Niles or an immortal suffers their first death, mm-hmm. you know, um, which I imagine if it's anything like Highlander, whenever they die the first time, that's the age that they'll be forever, you know. So, um, but again, but anyway, I mean that, that that even that dream thing owes something to Highlander with the you know the immortal buzz whenever they come near yes, each other, you yeah. know, um, and it gives. It gives Rucka the opportunity, gives himself the opportunity to talk a wee bit more about Andy's background and her now gone immortal partners, uh, Noriko, who was an ancient Japanese woman, and uh, Lycon, who hooked up with Andy when Alexander the Great conquered Judea. And then it goes into Niccolo and Yusuf's origin, and then most recently, uh, you know, Booker, then we learn about him a bit little in the next uh, issue. Um, Nikki and Joe got lucky and found each other <coughs> never having had to have looked for each other you know as we said they found each other in combat in the 11th century um, you know and kept killing each other there to me they were the original star-crossed lovers only with more blood <laughs> you know um, we learn that Andy has never met anyone older than her and that her feeling is that they are apparently the last four there, yeah. are, there are no yeah. others um, I mean that the I love this the flashbacks and the yeah because you you got your um, it's a really great way of like I love lore and world building see yeah, yeah they, the, they, the mythos behind it yeah but it was just like conversation you know yeah, and like yeah. all through that it wasn't you know I, I like tell me I love you know 
um, do you know like back matter all that stuff but yeah. I love I love this you know just conversation and you were just like so invested in it mm. and they're also what struck me is they were very human here yeah on yeah. this part and obviously like to be immortal maybe is to be human but they to you to me when you read the book there's like these are human characters yeah oh very and much they're so, very yeah. much vulnerable yeah because of what um alan said you know they they don't know when they're yeah and that's maybe if they're yeah. gonna live forever i mean that's where we learn this 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 piece of information that uh you know that yeah i mean that that, that they, they they may not necessarily be entirely immortal that uh, we learn that Noriko went overboard on a ship and never was never found again you know and is dead and that Lycon seemingly died 2000 years after he met Andy during the renaissance so you know they're not entirely immortal you know, we, you know we, we learn that and to me this was fantastic it's just as you said earlier on you know the, the possibilities that are opened up to learn the story of Andy and Lycon, to learn the story of Andy <coughs> and Noriko, you know. <coughs> Greg Rock is just, he's given himself so many story threads yeah. and he's just gone, yeah, I'll leave that there, you know. Uh, it was great stuff, great stuff. You look like you're uh, you're ready to... Ready to... No, not at all. Not at all. So, um, the team are resting up, uh, you know, after the, the ambush anyway, and uh, they, they start having these, these dreams and they all dream of a new what they call relic you know each each member of the team it's interesting as well they get fractured parts of it yeah you know, it's sort of like they yeah. have to compare notes yes almost. you know and uh, with, with with like a, an ease and a familiarity they wake up and they compare notes you know and the new immortal she's a woman she's a soldier she's maybe an American marine her throat's been slashed they get a partial name free something um, and then the, the question isn't who she is it's what they do now given the situation they're in which is possibly the most desperate they've been in since they came together do they bring her into their fold while their immortality is exposed or do they leave her would it be safer for her to leave them leave her to fend for herself you know so um so i, I mean again the they're brought back to the hangar by this uh, the chinese wheelman way who is a, a human confident of them and they're going this is the last time we can use them he's you know he's, he's saying like yeah you don't have to pay me yeah, extra exactly. sort me out next time you it's know like, and Andy comments you know she doesn't she says it used to be easier it used to take longer for people to notice because you know either the words speeding up or she feels she's slowing down uh, you know so they end up deciding that Andy's going to go to Afghanistan to uh, track down the new immortal while the others head to, to Paris to the safe house you know so um that it's a great scene the scene where Andy meets Niall goes to Afghanistan yeah. meets her <laughs> it's just pure she's Andy feels like she's in a clock which is interesting for an immortal it's an ironic statement yeah. I guess you know she's she's lived for 6,000 years and now she's in a rush <laughs> you know um, and this is the point where you start to you know at one point she shoots Niall she just doesn't explain she's immortal she shoots her and waits for her to wake up and then she shoots herself and says right look at me recover you know that hurts but you know and uh, that's when we start we start to get an insight into immortality through, through Niall's questions about her nature you know um, and we understand that, Na that Andy despite living like this for 6,000 years doesn't have all the answers mm -hmm. she doesn't understand why they die if they die or how long they're going to live or you know any of that sort of stuff you know but there's some really interesting stuff she tells she tells Niall that you know how long it took her about the dreams 
that are they're unceasing that she dreamed of she dreamed of Noriko for centuries you know before finding her in Japan uh, you know so she, she felt like she was going mad but now in this modern world it took her 24 hours to get from Suzanne to Afghanistan and find Andy you know <laughs> so and about how Nikki and Joe did it all at once they discovered they both discovered they were immortal at the same time and they found each other um, you know so so yeah and Andy has got, got a great quote you know she goes you go 500 a thousand years you get stabbed shot burnt alive doesn't slow you down then one day you wake up and you get thrown from a horse snap your neck get washed overboard or you drown and that's it you're done well, I actually had a really good quote I found from Greg Rucka about that sort of thing oh yeah uh, so it was a Newsarama uh, article I think it was just before Old Guard came out and he, he sort of was talking about stuff we mentioned earlier about violence and he was like it's hard to believe with 24 hour news screaming at you about people being shot left and right but it's still it's still far more peaceful than it was centuries ago it doesn't mean there isn't violence there's plenty but it's not the same as what it used to be mm. so and then he goes on to say this is the most peaceful era in, in human history yep. so yeah I thought that that was interesting that was interesting yeah um, especially like draws parallels to what uh, to what Andy says there mm, there you are um so we 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 see Copley again, and we're in, we're introduced to his employer, a guy called Steve Merrick, who is uh, he's like a like a hipster um, company owner. He's we, we meet him in the gym, so he's keen on keeping his fitness, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, Copley hands over hands Merrick the uh, the video footage, which is corrupted. There's no audio. Uh, Merrick sort of tells Copley, "Go and capture Andy. You know, capture the woman. She'll do." And clearly not understanding <laughs> what he's saying, you know what I mean? Thinks he'll just throw money at <laughs> you know, him. Just, yeah, it, that's exactly it. All, you know. Um, so, and then we end this issue with Andy and Niall arriving back at the safe house in, Far- in Paris to find a scene of carnage. Uh, Nicky and um, Nicky and, and Joe are gone, and Booker's lying there with half his head blown off, and they, they sort of initially think that he's dead, dead. Yeah. Uh, happily, turns out not to be the case. <laughs> um, so. Um, Again, you know, two issues in, we're, we're finding out more and more, we're learning as Niall learns, we're, you know, and we're really getting into the meat of the story, you know, so, um, anyway, we discover that, um, we discover that, that Booger isn't dead, but that sometimes uh, really serious wounds take longer to heal from, you know, um, that those sorts of wee details, you know, um, you know, when we start to see Andy's concern for, for her family, especially Nikki and, and Joe, um, who have been snatched by book by by Copley and Booker has been left behind as bait. So, uh, understanding that at the last minute, the oldest immortal and the trained soldier sort of nearly go to work. You know, they go, all right, this is a this is a setup. He's he's bait. He's still healing. Um, but then we see Andy at her peak. You know, she systematically destroys these heavily armed specialists that Copley has sent to you know to capture. Her. She takes out half of a Parisian street without even trying. Um, we, you know, Booker. In the meanwhile, he's he's standing with Nile, and he's she's going. Nile's going. Should we go and help her? And Booker's like, nah. probably no point. <laughs> you'll, you'll see the sign. You'll know the sign whenever you you know. Um, so anyway, they, they sort of get away, and uh, <laughs> there's a moment of real humour where uh, Booker, we know, was a Napoleonic, Napoleonic era French soldier. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, at one point, you know, she says they're in Paris, and and uh, she says something about the gendarmerie will be all over us, you know, or the, you know, and uh, they'll, they'll probably have the army out. And uh, Andy's like, doesn't matter; it's the French army. The three of us could take them, <laughs> you know. And, and Booker is Booker's all, 
here I was French army she goes I know but we keep you around anyway <laughs> you know, that sort of thing so um, so yeah it's uh, it's really interesting then we come to a scene that you mentioned earlier on Alan yeah this is for me one of the best scenes in the whole book so it is and it's um, basically uh, Nicky and Joe are in the back of this uh, in the back of this meat wagon they've obviously been captured they're being taken to Merrick um, where he's going to do God knows what to them and uh, there's essentially all the soldiers are sitting around like they can hear Joe and Nicky talking to each other and they're sort of sniggering a little bit and being a bit like you know are you two lovers you yeah, know he's like is that your boyfriend you know it's obviously yeah. quite homophobic and it's yeah. you know it's uh, taking the piss out of them and all this kind of thing and then uh, do, do you want me to read this oh yeah yeah you, you go ahead <clears throat> yeah and it's, I mean it's yeah absolutely so basically Nicky ends up biting back at them so to speak it would be easy to just tell them you know fuck off or whatever <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing but instead he just basically puts about a hundred daggers through him through his dialogue where he basically says you're a child an infant and thus you're mocking his infantile that man is not my boyfriend that man is more to me than you can dream in your simpering pathetic life that man is stars in my sky and the sun that lights my days that man is the moon when I'm lost in the darkness and warmth when I shiver and cold I love that man beyond measure and reason his kiss still thrills me even after a millennium since I first tasted him. His body to this day awakens a passion you will never know. His heart overflows with a kindness of which this world is not worthy. His very thoughts make music of the mundane. He is not my boyfriend, he is not my lover, nor is he my partner. He is all and more, he is my everything. Um, the best part of this was, <laughs> you get this beautiful soliloquy, it's all very poetic. And then the next time you see Joe and Nicky, they're sitting in the back of the meat wagon. All the soldiers are dead and they're smiling. And they still have their arms chained behind <laughs> and them. One of them says, <laughs> and one of them says to the other, you think one of them would have had the key? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, you know. But I think that uh, that is nearly, that's where I, I thought, oh, right, these guys are the counterpoint to Andy's Anui, uh, you know, their, their tiredness mm -hmm. of, at life, you know. I thought this is, you know, this is a different side of the immortality coin. Yeah. You know, that... that through knowing each other for a thousand years and loving one another for a thousand years, they've they've experienced something that mortals will never experience, and they'll never understand know, a depth of a depth of love that that is we we just yeah. can't. No yeah, con you know, no concept of really. Um, but um, yeah, so there is a there's a kind of a counterpoint to that though, is uh, Andy and uh, Niall and Booker. Um, are are heading towards a safe house, uh, to closer to, you know, trying to track down, uh, Nicky and Joe, and Andy more or less prompts Booker to tell Niall why she can't keep in touch with her family and friends. Yeah, you know, and uh, and uh, you know, he says Andy wants me to tell you that the real reason is is wants me to tell you the real re the reason is to, to keep ourselves safe you know but he says the real reason is to protect your heart you will watch them all die now you will watch everyone you've loved pass away and if you try to touch their lives they will ask questions and through your answers they will learn your secret and they will ask you to share it with them and you will not be able to and they will curse your name they will beg they will implore they will not believe when you say you cannot help them and so they will grow desperate and in desperation they will do things to forever taint your memory of them and then they will still die and you will never forget what they became before they did. That's <laughs> it's just, you know, the tragedy of, of immortality, you know. So um but yeah, that was a that was a real those there's there's some great dialogue, yeah. as you can tell yeah. just from our, our our really under 
under <laughs> yeah, terrible very, acting. Yeah. Very well read. <laughs> so anyway, they make it to this ancient safe house in Provence. It's it's filled with these collected artifacts from Andy's past. Many of them incredibly valuable, and we learn that Niles has a background in art history as well as a number of other things because she was born now and she's had to have a number of jobs before she joined the army, yep. uh, which is kind of interesting. You know, these guys have been soldiers their whole lives, long, long lives, and she's been fifteen different things before she's twenty-seven. Um, you know, so the guys they know about Copley yet, but they don't know about Merrick yet. You know, and it's funny because Niles going, these things are really valuable, and they're going. Just things, you know. So I was there when he made that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. And there's a lovely scene at the very very start where, uh, really beautifully rendered um, of of Andy and Niall, and it's interesting. The if you if you look at that scene at the start of issue three, they're talking, and Niall is looking at a picture of her family or her mother, I think, and her brother, and uh, Andy and her are talking up on this cliffside. And if you watch slowly, the the two of them get closer together. Which I suppose is symbolic of their growing, um, growing bond. Yeah, mm-hmm. growing bond. But uh, Andy urges Niall to hold on to the picture because she and Nikki and Joe, they just have memories and memories don't last. You know, so despite the fact they're immortal, their memories aren't immortal. Uh, Andy ah. can't remember what her mother and her sisters look like. And even Booker, who was 200 years old, was born 20 or 30 years too early to have pictures of those he loved, whereas, you know, we're modern day now. So. It's, it's really interesting, you know. Um, there's a great um, soliloquy about about time. Sorry, I've, I've ended up putting a lot of quotes into this. Because That's fine, because now it's Roddy's turn <laughs> to read Roddy's a long turn, quote. Yeah. And let's see if his acting uh, is any better you than ours. Just about, about time and about the passing of time, you know. You get old and you forget. We all do. Everyone does. Try and remember the first time you, f- you fell. Is that f- Sorry. Try and remember the first time you fell in love. I'm talking about the very first time. How it made you feel. The way it made you crazy in the best way. How it made your whole world change. How that person was everything to you and it literally hurt to be apart. How it literally hurt to be together. You can't do it. You're not even my age and you can't do it. You think you can, sure, but you're not feeling it. Not like then. You remember feeling, but you don't remember the feeling. That's gone with time. Time takes everything. Time always wins. Time is a motherfucker. Time takes everything, just not all at once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, uh, again Andy, obviously showing her how tired she is with life. You know, what's interesting is just we, we should say. I mean, obviously you put all these quotes and these sort of long soliloquies in and stuff, but this never feels like a wordy book. No, definitely. No, that's no, what's no, interesting. Yeah. You know that that's a long maybe eight lines oh, worth of type pages, pages yeah. here, but it's over two pages, yeah. three pages. It never feels like oh god here's a big dialogue dump I gotta read <laughs> it never feels like that it just feels very organic to the story and with those with the great art as well absolutely I mean absolutely and, and that art that, that moment was great because this is when we learn about Achilles who's a, a former oh, slave heartbreaking. yeah it was and a mortal lover of, of Andy's and uh, I mean it's really well really well put together the, the piece because the first thing you see when she starts talking is this idealised version of this guy he's a and like a cowboy outfit he's a real he's heroic you know yeah. and that's how clearly she remembers him you know but the, the the crux of it is that you know sometimes it's not what time takes but it's what time leaves behind mm-hmm. you know so at least whenever a memory is gone you don't know what's missing but it's it's whenever you know it's whenever she, she knows it's missing I thought what was really interesting was the way the panels are arranged here is they're all off kilter, you know, and it makes me wonder is that is that them sort of saying oh, Unre- unreliable, unreliable narrator, yeah, yeah. For memory, you know, because all of this is about memory. But 
Um, really beautiful, really beautiful section. And again, there's another story. <laughs> I know, yeah. Because you, you think it could be, this is five issues, but yeah. I mean, if they really... It, yeah. could, it could be like an ongoing absolutely it could you with know. it all planned out definitely um, but so anyway back in the back in the present um, Booker is in the, the cave safe house operating his laptop and he uncovers Copley's whereabouts and uh, the team all head for Dubai which is where the CA, the former CIA man's office is um, meanwhile Joe and Nicky meet Steve Merrick Copley's employer he's unethical he's ruthless he's definitely psychotic you realise at this stage and he's the owner of a big pharma company again definitely psychotic um, who wants to know <laughs> he wants to know what makes the old guard immortal for the purposes of pharmaceutical research you know oh, I guess he wants it himself you know um, so he takes an almost orgasmic pleasure in treating Nicky and Joe like pincushions stabbing both of them to death you know before removing them to his lab for, for vivisection just like know. American drug companies you know. yeah exactly yeah. you know so Andy and Booker and Eileen arrive in uh, Dubai they invade Copley's office uh, and this is where we have a wee bit of a turnaround uh, so this is where Niall and we've, we've said she's 27 years old she knows technology you know she's born in the modern day relative to Andy's complete ignorance and Booker's apparent familiarity you know and she reveals to Andy her suspicion about Booker being able to connect to the internet in a cave in Provence she's mm-hmm. like that she's like Andy that's not supposed to that can't be a thing you know and it's all too late because you know, Booker betrays them both to Copley in a hail of bullets. And he, in a really, really it's a strange moment, because, you know, at that point you're going, you bastard, you know? <laughs> but you're not, because the way Greg Rucker has written this up to this point, you're absolutely empathising with him through uh, what Andy, how Andy has portrayed immortality, you know, and, and that. And he says he's just trying, he's, the reason for him betraying them is he's just trying to end it, you know? getting back to that curse of immortality you know his betrayal is one that we can now sympathise with life never ends for these people and uh, if they had a chance to end their suffering why wouldn't they take it for you know for Booker at this stage betrayal seems like a reasonable act if it means that his eternal life and his yeah. eternal war can end and as I say because such the work that Rucka has done up to this point is so strong and uh, establishing the tragedy of these characters existence like he did a bad thing for the right reason so you have no yes exactly real. so so yeah so that's just I mean it was just I found myself going why am I what? I can understand what he's talking about why, I can understand why he's doing this you know so would you do the same uh, in his position I I don't I don't know I mean I can say from a mortal life that I value the you know that I value my life and the, the days of it you know so it's yeah. I can't I can't in that way I can't sympathise with him but in the way that, that Rucka has told this story he makes you mm-hmm. sympathise with him and understand his motivations you know any good villain you should always understand that, like any good villain not that he's necessarily a villain but any good villain in any story is in their mind the hero of their story so mm-hmm. you should understand their motivations you should understand why they want to do this it's not just that he's evil and he's after money or he's you know, he's had enough of Andy's shit or whatever. Yeah. It, it is a clear reason why he's like, look, I just want this to end. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, Which is sure you after there, Robbie? No, I was just looking because I wanted to say something, but I'll say it later. Okay. But, All right. 
Um, it's okay. I have something to say about issue four as well. I'll say later because it'll. I think at the end we should pick out a, our favorite moment of the whole thing. Cool. So mine, mine's number four. So relative to the other issues, the final issue is the high octane issue. It's the high action issue. It's the issue that whenever you look at it, you go, "Oh, this is going to be a great movie <laughs> if they do it right." Yeah. Um, you know. So we see a bit more of Andy's, um, I guess, humanity at the start of this issue. Booker's just betrayed him. She's down, Niall's down. We know they're going to recover. Andy, you know, through conversation, reveals her true age for the first time. You know, you know, he says you're you're ancient that you you know you forgot you stopped counting, but he also says you're a liar. You know, and Andy mm-hmm. says, "Yeah, I'm six thousand seven hundred thirty-two years old. Give a give or take a handful." And uh, she's talking about this, you know, and then she says, "And there's one thing I've learned during my six thousand seven hundred thirty-two years, and that's." always keep them talking talking. (laughs) you know and then we see just this awesome moment where her and Niall you know two separated by 6,000 years you know they're both trained soldiers they're both women you know and that you see that that moment that where where all the bonding over the past few issues come together and she just goes Niall and Niall drops Booker and takes his gun and then you know it's it's fantastic you know um so they they really exploit that moment that and that Andy creates and it's just class. That was that was a great moment, you know. Uh, so they take Booker with them and they spare Copley. They shoot out the glass and they dive from the thirty fourth floor, you know. And it was just there was a great conversation that went on here, you know. And, and uh, I think it's something you said earlier on, Alan. Yeah, it was a case of so. What is it? What kind of book are you reading right now, or something like that? It's like I fucking hate you. Yeah, because you know, they're basically saying any uh, any fall, like fall that, yeah, any fall long enough that you can think about the fact you're still falling is by definition too, too far. far. <laughs> and they just starts a conversation, you know. But it's uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lovely a lovely moment where where uh, Andy reveals, despite her age and her experience she can still lie to herself with the best of them you know and that's what she says she says now tried to warn me I saw this coming that she saw this coming truth is so did I I knew this was coming back in Paris I didn't want to know how else could Copley's crew have found a safe way I count my years and millennia I speak almost every language in the planet and dozens that uh, that no one has heard in centuries there's hardly a weapon I can't use I've forgotten more ways to kill a man than entire armies will ever learn I've gotten drunk in every continent slept my way through whole populations I have experienced it all I have learned from it all and despite or maybe because of all that I can lie to myself with the best of them <laughs> so um, so we, we really start moving fast here Joe's prediction from earlier on uh, in, the, in, the, in the series about uh, Merrick's frustration uh, you know out, outpacing his, his patience you know uh, he is rising at the frustration of his doctor's inability to, to figure out his, the protagonist's functional immortality you know so he, the doctor can't figure it out at all you know, and uh, you know the Nicky and Joe are musing why is Andy taking so long? And wouldn't it be nice to revisit Malta? That was a lovely place, <laughs> you know. So it is a lovely place. You know, and and there's there's a great line where uh, Nicky explains to Merrick. He goes, "We're not immortal. Our time just hasn't come yet. Everyone dies, Mister Merrick. We just haven't yet. That's all." You know, <laughs> so it's simple, and you know, um, you know that we, we see a scene of, of Booker and the last of his sons, an old man dying of cancer, doing exactly what Booker told Nile would happen. You know, uh, you know, but he Booker says if Merrick can't find out what if Merrick can find out what makes us immortal, then he can figure out how to make it stop. You know, uh, you know, he says life means nothing if it isn't worth living. And then we have Andy's sudden realization that the, the turnaround. You know, thanks to the influence, I think of of Nile, the mm-hmm. youngest immortal. You know, uh, reminding her that she is human. 
you know, reminder of what it is to be young and to be full of life despite being 6,000 years old, you know. And Andy suddenly realises it's not that she wants to die, she wants something to live for. She says, just like that. And I'm thinking all of a sudden about what Niall said earlier tonight, every day you waste is one you don't get back, right? That's not what I want, Booker. I want something to live for right now. That's the people on my team. So great, great, you know. So um, Copley, he's making his getaway, you know. He, he's quit. He's quit Merrick's employ and he, he's ignoring his threats. He's an experienced CA man and he knows that if Andy's coming for you, You're that's it, <laughs> you know. Um, so and Andy, Niall and Booker, they arrive at Merrick's Dubai Stronghold and it's it's like something out of, I would have thought the Matrix or Born. Yeah. You know, this this scene, you know, the the team's reunited there's this brief introductions to the newest team member but they they move together so 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 easily because they're all trained soldiers you know um the acknowledgement of booker's betrayal and the price that he left to pay afterwards uh and they go to work and it's, it's an afterthought nearly the, the 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 combat's an afterthought because these guys <laughs> they're together now uh, it's a foregone conclusion high octane style nod towards the bonding of the two immortal woman warriors the oldest and the youngest and just a, a final cinematic great set piece that owes a lot to many classic movies I feel yeah um, and then we quiet down and our tale finishes in, in Malta mm-hmm. uh, Nicky and Joe were talking about they'll be happy to return yeah. you know the rest of the team they discuss Booker's fate whilst the two youngest immortals by which I mean Niall and the 200 year old Booker uh, you know they have a quiet moment and Booker I mean we talked about the sympathy earlier on about what he did understanding it you know and he's still he's still concerned about the others despite his betrayal and he says that Niall will be really good for the team in a world that's gotten way too complicated um, and uh, she asks what Booker will do and he says the only thing I'm able to do and then you get the impression whether he wants to or not mm-hmm. he'll live yeah. um, so I get they make the they make the decision that given given Andy's inability to kill Booker for what he's done, he is after all immortal like the rest of them. She does the only thing she can. She exiles him from the only family that he knows for a hundred years. So one hundred years from today, we meet here again. Until then, you're alone. So that had me wondering if the next book will start one hundred years in the future. But I think this will be more of a contemporary tale. But. Yeah. Booker will come back into it in some sort of uh, way. I think you're right. They'll come across him during some sort of mission, or oh, he has to play a key part in it. Paths think, will yeah. cross somehow, but yeah. or they might need his help or something. Yeah, yeah, that might be something where he can obviously, you know, then get redemption yeah. and be reintegrated back into the team. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, and I think we're going to see we're going to see the effect that Andy has on the rest of the team in the same oh, way yeah. as the the effect she's had on Andy. I think we're going to see some character development. I mean, we're talking about the difference between Old Guard, the original, and, and what's coming in Force Multiplied yeah, yeah. in December. You know, <clears throat> how has that affected Andy now, this realisation that she just needs something to live for rather than she's fed up living? Even the know? title, Force Multiplied, makes you think there's going to be more immortals in it. Interesting. You think. You know, Maybe they've found a few more. You know, considering they think they're the last ones, you know, so... Yeah, it's yeah. a big old world that uh, Rucka has created in the space of five I single think. issues. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, uh, what the five covers of the issues are fucking amazing I love them yeah really love the design of them um, so if you look at them number one yeah have you got number one I've got number one number yeah. one is clearly Andy yep yep With number her. two that's, I haven't uh, got them in the right order <laughs> uh, it's, uh, sorry we're just lining up just terrible radio but I'm guessing I'm guessing two and three will be Joe and Nikki 
Yeah. Then and then four will be okay. yeah. Booker, uh, and then the sniper at the end. end. Yeah. Yep. 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 So. So and there's more black as the issues goes on. So there's a bit at the bottom with Rocca Fernandez, the old yeah, guard, yeah, yeah. in just pure black background. And as the issues go on, they get bigger and bigger, but they don't at issue four. Maybe that's because that's a subtle hint that Booker's going to be the uh, one to betray. Uh maybe and there's very little because the rest of them go perfectly in a diagonal getting smaller and smaller and that's maybe their age yeah but maybe that was a uh, a little subtle thing love the colours of them love the design is just fantastic Uh yeah interesting yeah really good I mean so final thoughts on the that's a really good point actually Roddy that's really lovely I think because I've been taking them out of the bag and I've never looked at them lined up let's let's just have a moment of silence to appreciate the the other thing Uh, different pastel solid colours in the background yeah white pink blue green and yellow yeah interesting lovely covers lovely covers yeah final thoughts for me just really glad that this was one that you picked um, because again going back to the theme of unreliable memory I remember enjoying it I don't remember enjoying it as much as I did a yeah, second yeah, time uh-huh. um, I just wanted to point out what I was talking about in issue 4 there's basically three panels that show this is a team both writing and both in terms of writing and art that just fully understand this story brilliantly and it's just this scene with um, Andy and Achilles and and it's three um, evenly uh, measured panels and they're basically sitting on a porch they've built their own house they've already established this they've moved out to the country and obviously they have uh, Achilles and Andy sitting on the porch and you just look at the background it's quite barren then you've clearly aged maybe 15-20 years there's a little horse there another house then you maybe go another 20 years there's another person there another house more livestock but the dialogue that goes with it is so many things could have gone wrong so many things should have gone wrong but they never did nobody ever showed up nobody ever came to take him back and then it just basically he goes off um, he basically tells her to go away so that you know mm-hmm. she won't have to see him die but just those three panels in a row I just thought just very simple very elegant yeah, beautiful brilliant storytelling um, um, which runs like, throughout the entire series to me it was like this combination of like pulp adventure mm-hmm. with this like absolutely tremendous like Greg Ruckus style like carts and like a lot of pathos mm-hmm. and all yeah, that yeah. within it Fantastic! Really, can't recommend it enough. Yeah, and thank you for the recommendation. I know I'm we glad. Have I'm, I'm really glad you both enjoyed it. Like <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, for me, I agree with you, Alan. Reading it again, I just loved it more. You yeah. know, um, dialogue great, um, and we talked about um, the movie, and I honestly think if they just for once, for once, just took exactly what was on the page, the the you've got a script, you've got a You've got storyboards there, yeah. you know. Make it, you know. There's a great balance of character, pathos, as you say, action, some great buck backdrops, you know, humor. different countries, set pieces, humor. Um, but what I'm more excited about than the movie, which I'm now looking forward to, <laughs> is is the upcoming sequel yeah. book, comic book sequel, uh, Force Multiplied. Yeah. Um, and I'm I really glad I took the opportunity to get reacquainted with these characters and this story just ahead of it. Cool. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for the film. It's by Gina Prince Bythewood, yeah. uh, who did The Secret Life of Bees, which is a great movie. Um, but she was also, she is scheduled to do, I'm not sure if she's directing or um, just writing, but she is scheduled to do not one, but two Marvel films. Oh, wow. Silver Sable and Black Cat. 
Oh well, there you so, go. So she likes her. She's a, she likes she's her, a lot of <laughs> her, her warrior woman yeah. as well. <laughs> so there's yeah. a lot of um, yeah, there's a lot of comic book stuff going on. Uh, brilliant, guys. Cool. Um, this uh, available in store. This is indeed. This is coming on our delivery this week. Uh, I'll be topping up on this. We've actually created a new little section in the store that's uh, displaying all the titles we talk about in the podcast. So uh, it may be things we talk about all the time, like life story, or you know. <laughs> The Savage Shores, or, but it's also yeah. the book clubs as well, yeah. so Old Guard will be going under the racks there, so, so yeah. by all means pop in and we will hook you up if we haven't already ruined the entire, <laughs> spoiled the entire story for you. Oh, we should say, this is a spoiler-filled episode. This is a spoiler-filled <laughs> episode. <laughs> they always are. They always are. Uh, uh, um, uh, nice one, guys. That was great. Really so yeah, enjoyable. Thanks. That is book club seven done. I believe book club eight is going to be yourself, Mr. McCann. going to be me? Oh, and right. I believe I have it to hand. Do I have it to hand? I do have it to hand. I presume this is your, going to be your pick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The complete feel mouse. that feel that bang oh, on the table there. Yeah. Feel that weighty yeah. tone. It's, so, it's no bone, uh, but no. Weightwise, we are indeed in for an intense ride. Lovely. The only uh, graphic novel to win a Pulitzer Prize. Oh wow! So, Fantastic. Uh, Never read it. I look forward to doing so. We are, of course, talking about Mice by Hart Spiegelman. So that will be book club number eight. But that is us done with book club number seven. We're now all off to go and read uh, Old Guard again. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, gents. Thank Indeed. you very much. That was See you soon. See you later. Bye. I say you don't. I don't say. I think you shouldn't say her name. I think you should just like pause, press the button on that. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Oh, I, I that just could, that could be your. I just want to get this pronunciation right. That could be your ending. Uh. Andromache. <laughs>